Well, all right. Howdy, y'all. This is Texas Colin Shaw coming at you. Here to tell you a little bit about License to Watch. License to Watch has exclusive content. You want to get that exclusive content on the Patreon. Patreon page is www.patreon.com slash L2W. You know what I'm talking about. That's going to get you exclusive content. Only $1 a month. $1 a month, you get more of Matt McGregor, Harris McCabe, and yours truly, Texas Colin Shaw. Coming straight at you with opinions, jokes, and all-around good times. That's www.patreon.com slash l 2 w Check them out for exclusive content. The critical and financial failure of Rennie Harlan's Exorcist The Beginning forced Warner Brothers and Morgan Creek to re-examine the unused footage from the first version of the film, directed by Paul Schrader. In an attempt to recoup the money they lost, the studio agreed to put Schrader's version together and release it in a few theaters across the country. Editor Tim Solano was hired to reassemble the Schrader cut. However, he refused to do it unless Schrader himself was brought back onto the project to oversee the edit. Schrader returned and was given a budget of only $35,000 for all post-production work, including the edit, musical score, color correction, and any post-sound work that was needed. The score was cobbled together from a few sources. For no pay, composer Angelo Badalamenti created 14 minutes of music in key pieces of the film, and a lot of Trevor Rabin's score from Exorcist The Beginning was reused in parts as well. The last 20 minutes of the movie were scored by the heavy metal band Dog Fashion Disco. Schrader's son was a fan and convinced his dad to select them to help compose music for the film. They also helped unify the score from all of its disparate sources into a single cohesive soundtrack. In the end, there was no money for any ADR work and the color grade was approximated by Solano and Schrader together, rather than DP Vittorio Storaro, who was unable to return. While the reviews for this film were slightly better than the reviews for Exorcist The Beginning, it still received mostly negative criticism and had the ultimate misfortune of opening on the same weekend as Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. This film made a total box office gross of just $251,000. The ambitious task of creating a worthy prequel to The Exorcist took two movies to come to fruition, and ultimately both films could not live up to their promise. Since the release of this film in 2005, no other Exorcist films have been produced. It took four sequels for the studio to come to terms with the fact that nothing, it seems, can live up to the success or the horrors of the original film. Join me, Matt McGregor, along with my co-hosts Harris McCabe and Colin Shaw as we dig deep under the African soil once again to re-examine a familiar artifact from a totally different perspective. Be sure to bring along your weird butterfly collection, invite your cave-dwelling Cro-Magnon man friend, and clear those bloody maggots off of your seat as we investigate once and for all whether or not this film is the official prequel of The Exorcist. We're talking about the fifth and final entry into The Exorcist film franchise, 2005's Paul Schrader classic, Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. This is a show about franchises. Spooky movie franchises. You're listening to License to Watch. Why in the world was this movie made? Jesus Christ! 
Welcome to the show. This is License to Watch. Uh, we are talking about Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. This is the fifth and final movie of this franchise, and boy, are we glad to be done with this. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I watched Old Dominion, the prequel to the prequel to The Exorcist. That was about the founding of the university by exorcists. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us today is friend of the pod, uh, a lovely writer and director named Jeannie Joe. What's up? How are you? Good. What up? How are you guys? Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm happy to be here. Did you like this movie? Oh my god, I, it was life changing. Life changing. <laughs> Hyenas everywhere in my dreams. Yeah. Yep. So I guess the, f- the first question is like, Jeannie, what is your uh, relationship with The Exorcist? How, do you like the first movie at the very least, or like, are you into horror films at all? Or oh, I'm, yeah, I love I love horror films. I loved The Exorcist. I think I've only seen it once. Um, I was probably a teenager. My <laughs> my real memory of The Exorcist is watching it with some boyfriend and his mom sneaking around the house to the side window right at the scary part and jumping out at us. <laughs> Terrifying. Oh my God. She was a great lady. I, I was going to say, that that's a good... I don't know if the boyfriend thing was working out, but the mom seems like a keeper to me. That she seems was a like a good, I should call yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what was going on in her life where like she had the kind of time for that. <laughs> Co- Colin, for great pranks like that, you make the time. Yeah. True, true. Are we going to talk about those hyenas? You mentioned them and... I, We're just I, jumping right into Colin, the hyenas. Colin, we have, Colin, we've got two hours to bring up the hyenas again. Will you chill <laughs> okay, for a second? Right. and just? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Um, just to fill Jeannie in, uh, the there were hyenas in the previous movie, and they were terrible looking. But the hyenas in this movie Are make those hyenas look like Citizen Kane hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, wait, are we really? Th- are, are we all on board with these hyenas being the worst of the two hyenas? Well, here's my thing: is like the f- the first appearance of the hy- hyenas in this movie is just one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yes, it's um, yeah. when we get when we get to the point where we're getting the animatronic hyenas, even when they give them the demon eyes, I'm getting a serious cuddly vibe from them. And yeah, I, thought they were, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you guys saw that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely yeah, on they, board with they that. They needed to give them like sharp teeth or like a sneer kind of look, but they don't. They're just kind of sympathetic looking. Yeah, <laughs> with they red do the eyes. Head tilt. We're the yeah. real victims here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just yeah, hungry. Exactly. <laughs> hungry for your flesh. Um, they were. Well, and, you don't even yeah. see them eat anyone. They get eaten by the the, the cows, cows in the in the, the only animal eating scene. Yeah, which also looked wonderful. What was the metaphor oh. there? I, that part kind of lost me. I was trying to follow. I think it was just supposed to be like either. I think it was just supposed to be like creepy and unnatural um you know that they were that the cows were eating the hyenas rather than vice versa um but okay it it really didn't come across um the way they wanted to probably because honestly that might have been the worst CGI shot in either of these two exorcist prequel movies because like the hyena that the cow is eating doesn't even look good like it looks like that's bad cgi but it isn't even moving it's literally sitting on the ground they could have just put some like cow food in a like a a fake dead hyena corpse 
and just had like a real cow eat it. Like they didn't have to make these things with computers, which clearly didn't look like actual animals. There was like a really easy practical solution that probably would have cost less at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, to give this movie credit, this was an unfinished movie that was going to be shelled for, for, for all time. And then only because the previous movie failed, they said, hey, let's finish this movie. And they didn't give it any really additional money. And they just said, like, you know, do whatever you can. And to the point where the director hired, like, his son's band or his son's favorite band or something like that to, like, score the last half of the movie. <laughs> and then the rest of the score is, like, stolen from the previous movie. They just, like, stole little pieces of it. So I assume that his son's band was the one playing, like, the black metal song at the very end credits after like the start of the credits there's like yeah, some awful I think his son's band like, was also responsible for the vfx of this I, <laughs> I, i'll admit right now i did not watch the entire end credits so kudos to you harris no i just had it playing in the background and then i i sort of like realized it and looked up and was like wait the music changed and this is fucking terrible <laughs> it was like just like scream metal and i was like wait this isn't an actual movie this is like this sounds like somebody's son's band <laughs> so unfortunately for genie a lot of this uh discussion is going to be us comparing this movie to the one we just watched i before love it. this Hit me. um because uh genie as i prepped you this is essentially the same movie um, it's very similar in a lot of ways, but it also has some pretty big differences that we'll talk about. Um, but I'm curious, as someone who's only seen this one, what your opinions of things will be compared to ours. Yeah, and I'm so, curious as to how much footage they managed to steal from the first version, or I suppose you could call it the second version, because this was the yes. first version, right? This was the first version, yeah. yeah. So as far as I can tell, they reused the same sets, or a lot of the same sets, Um uh, some of the actors are playing like it's different actors playing this you know the same role mm. um i think based on like their availability they just had to recast yeah the translator um, guy is the same guy is he not the translator guy is the same yeah he's uh, good his name is chuma yeah chuma Chuma's, yeah he's, he's the same he's actor. the best and he is the same the actor girl is the different the doctor the doctor um, lady is different um Gabriel chuma lives Lamb. through it this time they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't kill him off like last. They time. didn't violently kill him. Yeah, <laughs> way to go. Who? I know Harris is into that. Chuma. Chuma, Chuma lives. Yeah. Well, we don't know that he lives. We see him seizing up in the tent in the climax, and then we never see him at the end after that. So I guess like we can assume he <laughs> that lives. That sounds like a mistake. We don't. <laughs> we don't see his grave, so I guess he lives. You know, Father Francis also, you know, doesn't live, but we don't see him die. You know. So it's entirely uh, possible that we, Chuma's buried in an unmarked grave right next to Father Francis. Yeah, we should have definitely <laughs> had Chuma in the button scene. Exactly. That's a huge oh, mistake. Just huge, huge major, mistake. Major, unforgivable in my opinion. Um, but, yeah. It's why the, this movie um, did so badly. Exactly. This is why they had to reshoot the entire thing. They were like, wait, you left Chuma out of the button? Well, we could just shoot that in pickups. No, no. Do it all again. <laughs> no, Do it all again. Yeah. I actually um, was... Since we're getting right into it... Oh. Go I ahead. was going to say I was um, I, I was actually amazed at how much of this movie is totally different. I mean, you're right, they kept the same sets, some of the same actors, but like there were there were plot points that were similar, like some of the conversations or like the guy having a seizure while he's working were were in the first movie, but that was a totally different scene that was totally reshot. And like the Marin character is completely different. He's like an old failed drunk who isn't a priest anymore in the in the other one. And in this one, he's mm. still kind of a priest and doesn't and drink sober. at all. Yeah, doesn't really drink at all. <laughs> and is like a sober archaeologist who's 
just kind of over the God thing. It was very, very strange. Yeah. They got rid of the whole, like, um, you know, man who's, who's lost his faith trying to get it back subplot. That's gone. He's not trying to get his right. faith back. He's a man he who's lost his care. faith and he's kind of cool with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's found his faith in archeology. span <laughs> It's like the, the vibe is gone too. It's like, I, I got a serious, like, Van Helsing vibe from the first one, and this one's not giving me that vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was weird when he shows back up in his priest robes again. It's like, oh, you're are you still in the church? Or is this sanctioned? And how did you even become an archaeologist after all of that? I don't know. Right. Confusing. Yeah. Why is he wearing the white part? I thought the white part was just for like the the young boys to wear, like the the outer the white thing. You know what I'm talking about? No, but they. I mean. I don't know. I don't know the rules of priest outfits. I don't know the priest uniform code. Why not, Harris? <laughs> yeah, can you get yeah. me someone who does? As a, I mean, I did. It's all I, about the accessories. You know, I, I went to Catholic. Uh, I went. I did my whole Catholic schooling thing where I was confirmed and everything. I think I I might have skimmed that chapter. I think I probably got a B on the test and have forgotten that knowledge um, if I learned it. Confirmed. He is a tool. Okay. Yeah. But but they did have them. They wore the little funny white white half dresses in the first movie when they were getting ready to go into the room you oh, would okay. recall all Colin. right okay hmm. okay so it's, it's it's definitely part of their exorcism outfit i guess is what i'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. i think because we're getting right into it here and we obviously have a lot to say we should we should summarize the plot before we go any further oh, okay. no. yep. but i have a point to make based <laughs> off of that really quick may i yes go because ahead yes as soon as it opens they, you know, they have the title card come up and it's black text on a white screen. I was like, well, that's not that would be much scarier the other way around, because even the font <laughs> is so, trying to be scary. But maybe it's supposed to mimic his white robe with the black thing underneath it. Uh? That, that could be that yeah. definitely could be. I thought they were cool titles <laughs> just because it's a weird thing that you don't see that often. And I was like, oh, that's different. And I was like, for half a second, I was like, oh, maybe this movie's going to be good. <laughs> I thought uh, it was just a, a budgetary thing. Like black background is way more expensive. Than yeah, white. yeah, all that extra ink. <laughs> you know, yeah. What do you think we are made out of ink, inkjet printer cartridges? A lot more. What do you think this is? Uh, the Exorcist: The Beginning. <laughs> a lot more of this movie was in broad daylight. I thought it was just like a, that was the stylistic choice. Is like, well, a lot of this is in broad daylight. That reminds me of a, a white field instead of a black field. And you know, we've all established that night is scary, but you know, day is scary too. I guess, <laughs> but they don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> so let's let's summarize the plot here, Colin. Okay, you ready? You sound so pumped about uh, it. Let me. I feel I'm like not, this I'm is not ready. One of his um, best. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, where do I, I don't where feel like a lot of stuff start. even happens in this movie. So I feel like is this he already be in Africa when we start? Yeah, he's no. It's it opens oh, up. Oh yeah, with it opens flashback. up with a flashback. Oh right, the snowy times, and that's Got all it. the help. Which is I that's think all the help we should give you. Yep, that's good. That's I'm the good. only I'm, I'm footage set. from this movie that they used in the other one. But that's not the same footage. It's like a, they reshot the whole thing. It's a totally different yes. scene. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that. All right, snowy times. Let's go. All right, ready? On your mark, get set, Dominion. All right, so we're in the flashback, and it's, you know, World War II, WW2, Holland, and it's snowing. And it's like that kind of snow that, like, floats a lot. And this evil Nazi guy is like, I'm going to kill this village. Somebody died and somebody's got to pay. I want to kill somebody. You there, priest guy. I want to kill somebody. Who am I going to kill? And the priest is like, I am i don't really do that. I'm a priest. 
And he's like, tell me who to kill. And uh, he really he really keeps pushing that point, and then he starts murdering people, and the priest eventually gives in, and he's like, oh, I don't know, kill them. And, you know, obviously he's got the guilt. Fast forward to now, which is not really now, but it's sometime. Uh, he's th- This guy's in Africa, and he's like, I'm doing archaeology now. I'm not so much about that priest life, because last time I, I had a bad experience, whatever. Um, so this other priest guy and this uh, translator guy, they all go to this dig site where they're digging up a church. And uh, after they talk to the English army guy or whatever, and they, they go to the dig site, they start digging up the church. Guys are having seizures, and clearly there's evil afoot. There's some hyenas, whatnot. He finds this kid who's like kind of deformed in his arms and his legs, and he's like, I gotta be nice to him. And then this kid like thinks he's his father or something. I don't know. So uh, there's this woman there, and she was in the Holocaust, but she survived. And she's the doctor now, and she tries to take care of that guy, and she becomes friends with him. And then, yeah, they keep, it keeps being evidence that evil is afoot. And then the, the, the army guys from, the, from uh, England, they come in, and they're like, we're, we're tough, and we're mean, and we're hard, and we, we don't like these tribal guys like being around here and <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, the evil keeps coming and like tensions build and then the army guy commander, he kills himself after he kills one of the tribal people because he's just losing it. Other people, they crucify them own selves upside down and shit like that and shit gets really bad and anyways, it turns out the deformed kid was uh, possessed and he's got to be exercised in a big, big showdown. And he also kills that, uh, or he, uh, the tribal people go insane and kill the other priest. But then our, our lead guy, our main priest, he comes in and he exercises. He he gets them. He 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 does it, and he becomes a priest again. He not not so much archaeologist. I'm a little over time. Sorry about that, audience and fans and listeners all around the world. Very thorough. <laughs> Are you done? Very <laughs> thorough work there. Well, oh yeah, and in the end, everything works out. Everybody's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was certainly a summation of some kind. Yeah, I should have gone. I, I really needed to get more into the character of uh, Chachi. I mean, Chichi. Chichi. I mean, Chichi. 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 I wanted to call him Chachi the whole time. They should add Scott Bayo. Whatever his name is. <laughs> and Scott Bayo as Chichi. Oh, I'm watching the dream sequence right now, and I definitely don't want to forget to talk about this dream sequence. Um, I just put oh, what the fuck several nonsense. times in my notes, so that's my hot take on the dream sequence. Um, Absolute yeah. nonsense. Who is that woman? Right. That's the big question. <laughs> Who the fuck is the screaming woman? But let's Who start. Yeah, they, they, they tell us at the end. Do they? Do they? It's, it's yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, it's the, yeah. You tell me. It's the girl... <laughs> It's like one of the Jewish girls that the Nazi that guy kills shot. as an adult. So it's like her ghost oh. haunting him because it like her adult ghost. shows that was not her, clear. and then it like show really quick. It shows the dream uh, lady with the crazy as much hair. as you saying that makes some kind of sense to me. There's <laughs> also like it. all these gaps in whether that's real or just something that we're sort of you know like it's like how much of that is us reading between the lines and it, like because you could also say like no no this is his dead mother and that's like a subplot that got cut and I would be like. Yeah, I guess it could be that too. You know, like who the hell? <laughs> like, it's such a loose, tenuous connection to anything that it's just like, what it's the? Just what is that the one, significance? The one shot that follows that other shot. I mean, I could be wrong. Like, if somebody got sure. shot in That's the hand, that I, would make no, sense. I believe you. Or I, I, I accept that as plausible. I, I accept that. I accept I anything as plausible. Know. That's how vague it is. 
<laughs> I still want to know what the significance of the head bandaging is. Um, a, a bandage around his entire head. And is he dancing? Yeah. Is that a dance move he's doing? Or is that just... <laughs> I felt like blind. this was like an uh, outtakes from a Peter Gabriel <laughs> video that they were shooting at the same time. And they were just like, can we work this in or something? We got this floating yeah, clock that really makes sense with the music of this <laughs> video. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get right into it and talk about the major differences from this movie to the other one. Uh, we kind of we mentioned Cheche already, and I think I think he's the biggest change. Um, you know, he's the climax of the movie. Right. He's like obviously in the previous movie there was uh, a young black boy who is in this movie, but it's a different, different actor, and he playing Joseph and his and part is like yep. totally lessened. Um, yeah. so the one guy, remember the, the kids in the school scene when they, the guy comes in and yep. stabs a bunch of kids. Yeah. So like those two kids are James uh, and Joseph, know, much the bigger... hotel guys, sons have a huge role in, in the, in beginnings. Um, yeah. One of them gets ripped to shreds by a bunch of CGI hyenas and the other one, and then the other is one possessed. is fake possessed is possessed. Oh. Yeah. Well, they think he's possessed. They keep saying like, he's the one who's possessed. It's a red herring. Uh, yeah, and then it ends up being someone Which else. leads us to uh, our other I difference. In the first one, the doctor lady is not Jewish, and but she was in a concentration camp because her father was hiding Jewish people, and she's um, a very pretty blonde lady who turns out to actually be the possessed one in a great twist at the end. I guess great. Um, but uh, <laughs> but she's a, played twist, a different sure. actress in this one, <laughs> and she is a different character completely. Um, I mean, I can see that her, note, that studio note. It's like, why not just make her Jewish, guys? Like, why do you make, gotta make her not right. Jewish and still stick her in the concentration camp? Like, but because what, of the why? order these things were shot, I think the, the note was, she's a little Jewish for oh, me. Shit, can we get a blonde right. in there? Oh, oh, no. You know what? Call him out, Harris. Burn it down. Burn yeah. it down. I Yeah, I think it was probably the, 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 you know, the cart pulling the horse there a little more of like they cast the other actress and they were like, eh, she doesn't, she can't, she doesn't read Jewish at all. Let's change her yeah. backstory or something. But well, let's definitely it, cast her for what other What about the reasons? fact right. that like, maybe, maybe <laughs> yes, the woman in this Jewish one character. cannot, <laughs> yeah. maybe the woman in this one cannot act as possessed as our previous actress. You know, I would have like, left she, it they at maybe must have screen tested her for acting possessed. I, I would have left it as maybe the woman in. in this one just can't act Oh well, I, w- I <laughs> <laughs> She definitely isn't as good as what's her name, uh, Isabella Skorsko or whatever her name is. She's she's cute, but she's I not guess. as memorable, and like she doesn't have as much to do. Yeah, she doesn't have her whole. It's a thankless part, but there is that. Yeah. There's also that where she really lost me because I was on the fence about whether she was a bad actress or just had a terrible part for most of the movie, and then there's that scene at the end where she's coming out of her, like apparently she was having a flashback fantasy where she could change things, which hasn't been explained to us at that point. So everything she's saying is gibberish, but also mm-hmm. she's like really committed to it and trying to act her hardest. And I'm not buying any of it, maybe partially because I don't understand what the hell she's talking about, but also she just wasn't pulling it off. Um, and that's sort of where she I, I lost not, me. I was not super impressed with her. Yeah. I, Unfortunately. I I wasn't disappointed by her, but I was not super impressed. With yeah, her. it wasn't like a uh, like a deal breaker for the movie. There were so much, so many other bad things about this, but um, yeah, she wasn't the worst thing about this. But she also wasn't saving it. Um, definitely made me appreciate what's her name from the Bond from Goldeneye a lot more. Yeah, 
I don't think she had the worst part for women in this film. I think the uh, the tribal woman who gets killed in like an instant uh, had a pretty bad part. <laughs> Maybe all of the tribal women, <laughs> they're like yeah. background characters and most of the tribal men. There's not I a mean, lot of meat yeah. on the bone there. <laughs> yeah. Whole tribe. Not not great roles. Yeah. I hope we're going to yeah. wrap around to that part. I took some notes on their wardrobe. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys feel like, or I guess I felt like, certain plot elements of this were better established to the point where it helped me better understand the previous movie. Yeah. You know, it made me like the whole thing. Uh, they set up the, the tribes woman who was pregnant. You know, they kind of like planted that seed earlier mm-hmm. as opposed to the previous movie. They just suddenly cut to a woman giving birth to a, to a maggot covered baby. Know. They kept the maggot covered baby. I don't know if I like that, but I mean, yeah. hey, I, consistency. Yeah, I, I, um, well, you I pay wanna, for all those I mean, fake maggots. You want to use them in every <laughs> possible you have to use way. Them. Yeah, you have to. We're paying for them. They better be in the yeah. shot. Um, <laughs> they're like, we have one note. Yeah, if we're going to remake this movie, movie. <laughs> we're keeping the maggot covered baby. We spent a lot of money. That was actually the most expensive prop in in this movie where you write it into the to beginnings. I don't care how you fit it in. And they're like, well, I guess we could just cut to a scene where a woman gives birth to it and not explain it. Yes, do that. Sure, whatever. As long as it's in there. Yeah. Um, if like, you remember on the last show, I mentioned that uh, the story goes that like they screened this movie for the Warner execs. And one of their assistants like went up to him, the the CEO or whatever, and was like, "Yeah, this movie doesn't make me think of The Exorcist at all. There's like no exorcists, anything you know, happening." And I, I could totally see that in this one. They even got rid of the Pazuzu statue. That's a totally different statue. Other than him being called Father Marin, there's really like nothing. There's no exorcist connection, you know. It's like extremely loose. I guess the only connection I could see was they do sort of plant in both his hallucination and in his dealings with the um, with the possessed kid later. They plant the demon face that Father Marin sees in the first exorcist. But that demon face is like in the first exorcist is just like a couple of flashes, like flash frames. And in this one, it's like yeah. we get a whole. It's in the dream sequence. Yeah, and that's in it, the dream right? sequence. And also the kid's face turns into it at the end, which is somehow very, in this very, oh, ba- that very shot bad. was <laughs> yeah, horrible. Very bad. Somehow yeah. in this yeah. one, it looks much more original Pennywise, like Tim Curry Pennywise. Yeah. Than, or maybe even, you know. Crusty the clown. We I don't see know. it. We it's, see it's it for much more longer. clownish in this one. Yeah, we see yeah. it for longer, and it just takes away some of like the mystery of it. But I guess that would be the, but the I, only connection. I'd be willing to bet that those shots were added once they decided to release this movie. You know, mm-hmm. I at that yeah. screening, they probably were not in in the movie at that point. Yeah. Also, but, the exorcism go- part of this movie is very fast and right at the end, mm. and you don't really yeah. feel like you're building into it at all. Right, because Father yeah. Marin doesn't believe, and even the priest who does believe doesn't realize that anybody's possessed until like the you know seventy minute mark of the movie. Yeah, and See, then but he here's gets a killed. problem. Right, is that priest when he went to that baptism and he only brought the baptism stuff and he didn't bring his other books. He was unprepared. Mm-hmm. And preparedness is important in a young rookie priest. mistake. And we want to see yeah. him bringing all of his books, including the rites of exorcism, as well yeah. as the big cross and the, 
Um, yeah. You know, he made a mistake and he paid for it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah he made a mistake. We see this all the time. We see this all the time. Rookie mistake. Listen, every time Rookie I come mistake. to an exorcism, I bring my whole kit. I bring the baptism stuff. I bring the exorcism stuff. I bring the wedding stuff just in case. Maybe you want to marry the demon. I don't know. Listen, when you call 1-800-EXORCIST now... I am coming prepared. This is what a professional does. Listen, you don't have to pay extra. You can you can get you can get a bargain rate. I'm passing the savings along to the customers. I bundle and, everything. And, the the wedding. And when the I come over to your house, and when I come over to your house to do an exorcism, I know what I'm supposed to be wearing. I have the little white. Uh, chest I bring all dress. the accessories. I I've got. All the water. I, <laughs> I got that little jangly chain with the with the T on it. I got all those things. <laughs> Believe me, I know my stuff. I'm a professional. I've got it all. I got a backup holy water in the truck. <laughs> I deal with everything: exorcisms, CGI hyenas, <laughs> cows gone berserk, maggot babies. It's maggot maggot babies. You know, I I handle. I got all a special oh, on maggot babies right now. You need a maggot baby exercised. I got you covered. <laughs> it's half price Did through we get... the month of February. <laughs> Did we get the locusts back? Were those locusts yeah, we, I saw? We got some. In, in no, the they were like part? they were like weird little pincher bug things. They had like little pointy pokey tails. Not technically locusts. The, I was just glad to have ba- bugs back in the equation. I was I was mad that they weren't fully locusts. That was a big. I felt ripped off. So, to be honest. Jeannie Joe, there was a <laughs> Sorry, previous Jean- movie that had an extensive subplot involving an African community plagued by locusts, um, sure. and then and then James Earl Jones dressed up in traditional traditional African garb, including a giant this loc- is getting uncomfortable. A gi- yeah. giant paper mache <laughs> locust headdress. Oh boy. Which was right. which was honestly the highlight so, of that film. Um, someone's getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the locust Yeah, so this is now the second movie where they've gone back to shoot like uh Father Marin's African past. Even though they established God. in the second one, you know, so much that happens with Kokumo is the young boy that he exercises and the locusts. And now they've given been given two opportunities to bring back any of that stuff. And they have not. So, yeah. So this is the third time we're seeing Father Marin in Africa. Yes. Technically the fourth, if you count the very beginning of Exorcist one. And, you know, I'm not an expert on African garb. Like, I don't know what traditional African tribes wear. So I'm not I feel like I'm not, not really qualified to to critique. Maybe somebody did a lot of research and, and these are all completely accurate. It's possible. But I don't feel like they've gotten much different from the ones that from like The Exorcist 2 that was like in 1980 or whatever, which had a bunch of like sort of cheesy cliche tribal outfits. And these ones I mean, they're inventive. They're certainly interesting looking. I thought their warrior outfits where they're like have all the white body paint on were totally dope. But also they yeah. do look like like Street Fighter characters. <laughs> you know, like I mean, this is supposed to be what, nineteen forty six or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I I'm just gonna point out that I'm I don't think that they would be wearing tribal outfits made from flannel and leopard prints as they are at 36 minutes and 55 seconds so i'm gonna call call that one out i mean i feel like leopard print was pretty hot back then i don't know it's like you know you had like you know the the ladies in the leopard print coats and the pumps and stuff like that i did maybe that i'm just assuming fashion travels very far in this uh yeah but it's like a cut like a like a loincloth kind of feel (laughs) yeah it's very johnny weissemuller they're not wearing a flannel. It's just flannel material. Right. right, right. Cut with uh, like 
And then, and then, a, like a weird feather headdress. Yes, mm-hmm. it's no. flannel material cut note, with like a better. jagged edge, so you know that it's tribal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they don't know how to cut straight lines. Offensive. You know, it's the chief because he's got a little ball sack on his chin. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then the yeah. and then the other guy has like a huge like metal leaf thing yeah. that hangs down from yeah. his nose. Yes, yeah. from his nose. I'm sure yeah. somebody yeah, but, saw that International Geographic and was like, some costume designer was like, "Oh, I'm definitely using that, that. I like the nose." This leaf. says Exorcist Five to me. <laughs> we gotta put it in the Exorcist Five. Yeah, but going back to the leopard print, I would watch. I'd be prepared to watch like. Uh, an entire mini series of the entire history of leopard print and its uses. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm I'm interested in that, and uh, I think that's a real missed opportunity by the producers of fashion-related history documentaries. Oh, and I'm looking forward to seeing that soon. I hope so. I agree. I would just like to say that I'm also I have the movie on, and I just want to point out another key difference in this that that was very helpful to me, which I know you guys don't care about at all, and and will probably mock me for. But in the in the last one, in the beginnings podcast, I mentioned that the gate of the fort didn't close right, uh-huh. and it looked like it was closed, so like like it ended up being a V that was pointed into the courtyard, which would be like the worst way right. to create a gate. And I assumed that it was just some kind of construction problem in building the set. But in this one, they actually have like a couple extra frames of that same shot of the gate closing and you see the gate close all the way. And I realized what it was. It's an optical illusion. The gate has a peak to it. So it's like got a pointy top. So it looks like it's closed like an inverted V, but when you see it close all the way, it's just like a weird pointy topped gate that you don't have those shots in the, in the other movie, which made it very confusing. And in this one, it was very clear. So I'm I'm relieved that their fortress <laughs> is slightly more secure, even though this is like probably well, the I'm dumbest. I'm glad they cleared that This is up. the dumbest thing that <laughs> yeah. I've ever brought up, Gate I think, on any rescinded. of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I stand corrected. Sorry, The Exorcist Beginnings. You are one one-thousandth of a percent better for me now. They kept uh, Major Granville, the character of Major Granville, who is a much he has a much bigger role in this movie. Um, you, and again, you know like his leopard print gate. Can, can you hear me? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just really you needed to mad, say that. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. They kept Major Granville. Um, yeah, I feel like they went deeper into like who he was, and like you actually kind of cared who he was. You know, in the in the last movie. In the last movie, Jeannie, he had a, a ridiculous death. So they kept Major Granville's like obsession with butterflies. Yeah, I think and, it's like, called a uh, lepidop. Oh, lepid- I was going to ask le- about that. Lepidopterist, I think, is a butterfly. He had way yeah, more he's, butterflies he's a, before. Now he's only got yeah, and it was like an important plot point before, and now it's just like they mention it at the beginning, and then there's a butterfly in his hand at the end. I totally well, missed I mean. it at like, the beginning. And at the end, I'm like, why is he crunching a butterfly in his hand <laughs> as he's dying yeah. it's just weird but well okay. this is another thing where like they didn't set it up in the previous movie and he dies like while he's looking at his butterflies and it's just kind of like okay, um, that's wait weird. wait no no but it, he dies when a butterfly crawls out of his mouth as he's looking at his butterflies i'm gonna right. have to watch this other movie i think it's <laughs> fucked up yeah. you've convinced me <laughs> they set it up better in this movie to where it would pack a punch if he did die via a butterfly crawling out of his mouth but then he doesn't and he just shoots himself in the head and happens to have a butterfly like in his hand yeah, i don't know very... i feel like had they mixed elements of the two it would have been a little bit better. but in the like other one he shoots himself in the head and then the butterfly comes out of his mouth is that what you're talking about or it comes Ooh. out of the bullet hole you know what? Ooh, why yeah. not yeah, yeah sure. well, why not? He his shoots mouth. himself in the head, and yeah. instead of blood yeah. flowing out, it's just a bunch of butterflies flying out. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, my brain was full of butterflies. Oh no!" 
his second in command in this movie, who's a new character, is the actor who played Del Preston in Wayne's World 2. Yeah. Do you guys know who I'm talking yes, about? I, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Although the he's like the ultimate roadie <laughs> or whatever, guy. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's the one who says, um, that's probably why... Uh, I had to beat them to death with, oh, their, own yeah. <laughs> with their own shoes. <laughs> What's the Although one he says I, about Mick Jagger? It's like, I, he can't be killed by conventional methods or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just recognize him as one of the random bald dudes from Alien 3. I was like, oh, that guy's definitely an Alien oh, yeah. 3. I, I thought that the entire time, and then I looked it up, and I was like, yes, he totally is an Alien 3. So. Yeah, he's the guy with the low IQ. Del Preston is a way better right, role. exactly. Yeah. Del Preston's a way better character and role. It's so good. The ultimate roadie? Come on. Well, anyways, this guy's had a pretty fantastic <laughs> career. <laughs> I think we could all agree on that. I love the scene where um, the Major Major Granville shows up and starts like telling him to have the men salute because he doesn't want to accidentally show disrespect to the elite of the tribes people there. And then the sergeant major guy says something racist and then when the uh and then when the major tries to like reprimand him he just starts yelling attention blah 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 and going on with the thing i thought that was like a great exchange there wasn't a lot of this movie that i like just scenes that i thought worked but that was the thing that i think told you a lot about these two characters like this guy's a racist asshole this guy's kind of a martinet whose men don't respect him that much you know like you sort of saw a lot of dynamic play out just in a few lines which i thought worked well were you guys thinking a lot about the shorts? I mean, the officers are always wearing I shorts was thinking instead about of the pants shorts. in their military uniforms, and I just could not stop thinking about it. I was, I was fighting, I was having a hard time like respecting them as dangerous <laughs> soldier guys when they're wearing sh- like even if they have the legs to pull it off, I was still like, come on, dude, put some pants on. The, the <laughs> fit of the short, the fit of the shorts reminded me of like early 2000s board shorts. I thought they were like you know about to go surfing or something. It was, yeah. <laughs> They're definitely they're definitely built for action. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm watching the movie right now, and I'm seeing this black guy in the white suit, but I like completely forget who he is. And he, he's the he's, surgeon who cracks the bone. Oh, yes, that's he's the right. Yeah, he breaks right. the leg. Yeah. yeah. And then so, and then sort of. I didn't feel like that was medically accurate. I thought no, I felt like that, that was, was nasty yeah. to watch. <laughs> no, no. I you, mean, it's like there's a so we cut to like some lady in the tent giving birth for some reason who we've never seen before. And then this like gratuitous shot of surgery with like the skin peeled off the bone. And then the soldiers go in to steal the gems from the church. And then all three things happen at once. The the surgeon breaks the bone. The guy gets the gem off the thing. The woman screams. And then the payoff is this baby's been born covered in maggots somehow that are alive. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. You're like, what? What? Why? What's happening? What's this baby? And then the next Satan. morning, the soldiers are just killed on the altar. Yeah. Yeah. So there's it was a like lot of what the fuck big build up to it, like not like, and it all sounds like it's working, but then when you think about it, you're like, what was any of that? Why did any of that happen? It's like working on a very surface level in that it's the two grossest things in the movie, the maggot baby and the surgery, the leg surgery. Yeah. Cross cutting between each other, and I'm like totally horrified and do not want to watch. And then it's over, and I'm like, Ugh, what? What the, f- what the fuck? You know what takes away from some of the terror for me? So the maggot baby thing, it's gross, it's horrifying, it's terrible. But like the idea is that Satan somehow infested the 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 womb with the maggots with like the magic powers or whatever, right? And we also know that Satan caused the two guys to go insane and like behead one another and like crucify himself upside down. I have a question on but that. We also this. know, we also know that the reason we know that one of the African guys didn't crucify the guy upside down is that 
uh, one of the Afri- African guys witnessed this, and he says that the guy crucified himself upside down. So um, he doesn't seem to be saying that he saw him levitate. So we did, like, rather, ra- ah, sorry. Satan did something really supernatural by putting putting the the maggots into the womb, and Satan also possessed them and made them kill each other. But this guy, with his own power, crucified himself upside down. Okay, okay. But just to add to that, because I want to, I want us to continue this conversation in this line of thinking. But there's no way that those maggots were inside the womb. As the only vagina holder here, I'm just going to point out that when you smush a baby out of that thing. Those maggots are coming off. You know what I mean? Like the maggots oh, yeah, had to come yeah. onto the There's baby not a lot of clearance after there. Yeah, it was like born. The, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> so this dead baby comes hand, out, and then it gets covered with humongous crawling I'm, maggots somehow. No shit, that woman is screaming. Well, I mean, that's, that's I, mean I would just like to say we don't know which child this is. This could be like her 14th or 15th kid. <laughs> in which case, they might just be they might just be slipping right <laughs> oh out. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! Waving Harris. their arms so the whole way. Harris, Harris, you're in a timeout. We're not at fucking like the water park here. They're not. They're not jumping down the slide. All right. All right. <laughs> the maggot slide. My question about the the whole thing about the two guys killing, the whole murder suicide thing, is I kind of got to side with Granville on this. I don't see how this is actually possible at all, because the two guys die. One guy is beheaded. The other guy is upside down with both of his hands stuck into the altar with knives which one of those yeah. guys killed the first guy and then killed himself i don't understand yeah, how like point. did the guy behead himself or did the guy kill himself and then stick both his hands into the altar with knives i just don't see yeah I, if i'm major granville i'm going yes this sounds like bullshit to me hey where you there's know, a will there's a way the, harris <laughs> right this is why there's a distinction here to me is because the guy witnessed it so and he clearly doesn't think he saw levitation so, I mean, basically, we have to believe that this, Satan has the power to, like, materialize the maggots. And Satan would also have the power to levitate. We saw him, we saw, what's his name, uh, Chachi levitate in the end. Um, yeah. But the the witness does not say there was levitation involved. And that means that Well, we don't get a lot of details from uh, Jojo or whatever his name is. Jomo. That's true. They don't but, really listen to him. Right. They don't ask yeah. him. Like they, I think yeah. if he could ex- articulate exactly what was going on there, that might be a little more. Yeah. Maybe we'd have some answers. I'd like. I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Jomo. Out with the details, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, Jomo. This guy's just raging. Like, no way. I hate tribal people. Blah blah blah. He should have been like, uh, listen, Jobo, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Uh, the Granville was supposed to be like so deferential to the tribes and trying to keep the peace and stuff. And then he goes into like the racist guy like immediately. He's like, oh, yeah, no, fuck them. These guys are all liars I, and they're killing. I my thought we and... were supposed to think he was like touched by the evil. I think point. we're supposed to think that like everyone here is a little touched by a the evil. A little touched by something. Eventually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I have a question about Cheche. So. He's a Neanderthal, obviously, right? <laughs> He's got no eyebrows and is like, what's this called? It's like protruding. Uh, yeah, he's got well, a, uh, his bone structure changes throughout the course of the movie. Yes, like really dramatically, yes. they change his face structure. And then by the end, they make it, quote, more normal, which is already weird and probably problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> so... It, 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 
it doesn't know, make man. sense with the it doesn't make sense with the other exorcist movies too like every time the demon possesses you or like does anything to you it like it fucks you up and the demon is like trying to make him like a hot guy or something what the fuck you I know, know. Like, he gets way hotter it's like jesus <laughs> yeah. meets lord voldemort by the end of it he, he, like, d- he basically like all right I'm pretty sure he just turns into a dragon ball z character at the end once yeah. he started levi- <laughs> levitating i was like shit like <laughs> and he kept opening his legs did you guys notice that <laughs> Yes, yeah. I'm so glad that they had like, some underwear on them. God, yeah. there's underwear. You gotta wear underwear under your loincloth. Like, yeah, yeah if, listen, if, if you're if gonna he... wear the, the whole Jesus loin wrap there, you really gotta <laughs> make sure you're wrapped up underneath. And, you know? and the way they showed him crossing his legs is if he did not have the underwear, we would have not only seen his penis, we would have seen the front of his balls, the back of his balls, <laughs> and his butthole as well. It's true. Yeah, it this is like <laughs> beyond everything. the basic instinct moment. This Upskirting was, to the extreme. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, this was some dirty stuff. Um, but gross. luckily, and see, I would I would wonder if maybe they forgot in the moment and then had to CGI his underwear on later, except I see how bad the CGI is in this movie, so there's no way that was legit underwear. Definitely practical <laughs> yeah. underwear. Yeah, <laughs> pra- sure. They went practical right. with Thank the underwear, wardrobe. which is a smart move, yeah. <laughs> was... <laughs> do you think it was a decision on set like um they shot one take and they were like <laughs> they're no, like holy no, shit can we get some underwear on, on this guy <laughs> get the underwear in there uh, fly to the underwear. underwear on this guy <laughs> i don't want to make a big deal here but <laughs> um the first instance of bad cgi i noticed in the movie is when they first get to africa and he uh and he's shown you know the dig site and at that point it's just the dome like coming out of the top did you notice that they CGI'd the rest of the the mountain like over? So the church set was like a church set exterior, but in the oh, beginning it's CGI'd supposed to be around buried. It? Yeah, so they just CGI'd. It looked like they just copy and pasted. I didn't notice that. I noticed it because it's like I forget what it's called, but it's that visual effect like your iPhone does it if you like move it side to side, like things kind of move like this. Oh yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So like the camera was moving, and you could see like the mountain was like moving to oh like a f- little frame shutter oh, yeah something like that yeah i um i noticed that effect but not in that scene it was like when we were inside the church in the end at some point actually i noticed it multiple times but it, it's just like i just knew there was bad cgi going the ground on. is just like, just like the the ground is just like, like a, a super mario wiggle. brothers background where it's just the same cloned rock over and over again <laughs> yeah do you know where they shot this because i was like i was thinking like is this po- Lancaster? It's uh, like, Southern California. Really? Sure. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet we could look that up. Yeah. You guys talk. I'm going to look it up. Um, I guess like what I'm interested in is like what you guys think are some of the changes that they made for the better. And then what do you think they did right in the other? Or, or I guess like the, the real question is like, which one is better? This one or the previous movie? And why? Well, I think that's more like a sum up question than a uh, middle of the podcast question. But I, I'll jump. Oh, in. I'm oh, working I'll, towards I'll that. Is what I'm saying. Like, I want to <laughs> okay. get to the. Oh, you're wor- you're trying to wrap this up now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the sake of our listeners. Uh, no, I'll 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 address a little bit of that question and some of it at least. I think that there are some storytelling things that tell us more in this movie that give us more of the story that's that is a little bit in the first movie um that are done a little better overall i think it's not as good of a movie but it it did do some things better i think that we understand the story of um better like his crisis of faith is actually 
more of a real story in this one. I think the tribesmen uh, against the British story is more of a real story in this one. And um, I think that the the possessed person um, is a little more floaty in this one. I don't know. I, <laughs> I ran out of stuff. I'm just, <laughs> I would, just keep talking. Don't let that stop you. I would say that the possession <laughs> is better in the previous movie because they, they built a twist around it. It was a character who you yes. didn't suspect was possessed and didn't want to see possessed, you know? So it was a kind of a shock because you, they sort of worked towards a love story in the previous one. Um, you know, getting father Marin and the doctor together. Um, they had like one or two scenes where they would, were like getting to know each other intimately. And, um, do they have a kissing scene? I forget. They, yeah, did, they did. Yeah. And so when she's, revealed, I also think yeah. she's, I also think when she's possessed, she's acting more threatening and, yes. When this guy is possessed, he's acting more confident, I guess. And he's very chill. He's a little, but he's very he chill. also he's like, yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Run back and get your exorcism tools. I'm good. I'll just hang here. Yeah, and he doesn't fight or like he wasn't very threatening at all. And when they started like, you know, when he starts backhanding him and stuff, he's just like, uh, like falling on the ground. Like he was just, uh, I don't know, just they defeated him too easily, I felt. Yeah. Listen, the other one's really... something I thought that was stupid is... Sorry, Harris. Mm -hmm. Here's something I thought that was stupid is um, when he... uh, The first priest, what's his name? The the guy who looks kind of like Judge Reinhold crossed with Colin Hanks. Yes, that's perfect, actually. Father Francis? Father Francis, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Francis. Father Francis. Yeah, so when he, like, he he bitch slaps Father Francis, and they do this weird slow-mo thing where he flies to oh, the air yeah. for, like, a good Yeah, I, I wanted seconds. to talk about that. I was like, is that cool uh, or is that lame? I can't I can't even make up my mind. <laughs> it it would have been cool if um he flies and hits one of the statues of the angels. And the statues of the angels are all holding, like, sharp weapons. If they had impaled him on one of those sharp yes. weapons, that would have been scary, cool, terrifying, all of it, but... Missed opportunity. Rennie Harlan would have thought of that mm-hmm. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I don't have a lot to add here except that um, this is definitely not as good as the other one. But I think the difference is negligible. This is my thing: is that this is what's the most confounding and odd thing about this whole situation is that it's this movie is not aggressively bad or anything. It's kind of. I can understand the producer's concerns that this isn't the most thrilling take on the exorcist ip but at the same time it's not like the other one is significantly better right (laughs) so if you already have this in the can why would you shelve this and reshoot basically the entire fucking thing for a marginally more exciting product it's like i think it's like a fascinating case study in in like a crazy production decision, but it doesn't make a very fascinating. It doesn't make either of these very fascinating movies. Um, Did this whole debacle uh, take down Morgan Creek Productions, or is that still in existence? I feel like this probably hurt them, right? I d- I didn't. I haven't researched the history of Morgan, Morgan Creek, Creek Productions. You know, the company that brought um, you, I think, Ace Ventura, <laughs> is bringing us oh, Exorcist wow. Four and Five. I you know I don't know that this is that big of a misfire, but well I don't know maybe it, it was. was a big I loss no I think I mean I, the, altogether the two movies cost eighty million dollars to make the first one or Exorcist the beginning cost fifty million and this one cost thirty million. 
Uh, here's a good question. Which one of these movies was Skarsgård better in? Because we didn't really, we uh, we kind of glossed by yeah, that. Yeah, let's talk whole. about the actors. You mean Starsgård? Starsgård. Yeah, Starsgård. <laughs> He's a star. He's a star. <laughs> um, well, let's get to... Jeannie, where are you at on yes. this one? <laughs> yeah, stop, uh, talking I mean, about the, stop talking about the other movie. She can't participate. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's cool. Uh Having only seen this one, I cannot compare performances. So I guess to. I'm interested to hear what, what, what you us, guys give think. Give us some thoughts on on Skarsgård in general and his performance in this. In this. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's doing his thing. Uh, those are, I don't those know. Are some thoughts. Were, yeah. were, were there <laughs> okay. any performances that you didn't like, or like ones that you thought were really good? Or I didn't. I you know I was pulled out a lot by some of I, the kids. I know that that it seems minor, but. No, it I'm matters, right? Like the yeah. kids, it, all of them. The kid who gets killed yeah. in the first bit, the if two kids uh, who are the son of the translator guy, mm-hmm. they all look really, really happy to be there. And that kid who gets shot, it's like one eighth yeah. of a second, but he's kind of smiling. And you're like, kid, <laughs> tell the AD, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to tell this kid to look scared when the guy puts right. a gun to his head. Like that just, that yanks you out. And it's like in the first minute and a half of the movie. Um, yeah. I agree with you that the female doctor... Did, you know they can give her a lot to do look pretty remind us of indiana jones with your hairdo like that's a bummer mm-hmm. that's a missed opportunity there and that was that was jarring a couple of times also when she gets possessed or whatever i don't know i guess she's not actually possessed but when she's hallucinating whatever um, that part is yeah, yeah whatever that is they have some like weird weird makeup and hairdo thing hairdo shift mm-hmm. that then is not carried into cheche Mm-hmm. right so yep. it's like i that was super confusing mm-hmm. like if it if this is an element of whatever possession or pseudo possession is going on i kind of need to see it carried into every character right and then your lead dude sorry i'm wandering now no, but he just fine. gets hotter that's good like we said right like, yeah what? exactly and he doesn't so even good say something doesn't he even say something about how hot he's getting <laughs> maybe i feel like and he says like, like and i'm he's becoming like cooler perfect too. yeah he's like yeah he says that and he's like much cooler Flying around, confident, looking good. And I think and he's then, got like nipple glitter on. I think it's like it's like a stripper I mean, thing where he's got a little bit a little bit of nipple Hello, glitter obviously. on the side. They were just yeah. I mean, white. You, I have that on right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not dancing tonight, but usually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he sucks so bad when he at the end when he's back to normal and he's just like this like bowing, like kind of sweet little kid again helping the, the doctor make a bed and you're like now you suck mm-hmm. you so why does he think demon. father Marin is his father like, he's not why? calling him father he's calling him what is he calling him abba like abba, abba. that's abba. Uh, that yeah. actually is father in korean is it yeah it's oh maybe he's korean, korean. Yeah, because he's certainly not like, African. I've, Maybe. Where did he come yeah, from? I, yeah, that was my other thing. It's like, wait, where did this kid come from? This uh, yeah. this Filipino he like, kid. He lives in a cave. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, this Filipino caveman <laughs> yeah. just showed up in Africa. He literally <laughs> Very looked like strange. a caveman. No wonder he's angry and confused. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like, what happened? Father Marin was just like, oh, he's... Maybe we should like, give him some medical care. And all of a sudden, like, in the next scene, he's like, this kid is in love with me like what, yeah. what the fuck is that i assume there's like an uh, when i was watching this i just kept on assuming there's got to be like a five and a half hour cut of this movie where there's all <laughs> these other like where they develop all these plots because they have like these plots of the british versus the natives and the rehabilitation of the caveman they found and the unearthing of the temple and the discovery that it's haunted and you know the the priests you know teaching the children and the and the romance between Marin and the nurse and it's like 
none of these things is developed at all. They're all they all kind of like skip beats. I felt like it was like it was almost like um uh what is the um. I'm trying to think of a good example of a movie that just skips to the, all the good parts and misses all the development. The one with Lady Gaga and, and Bradley Cooper that they did recently. That's just all. Born. Yeah, Star is Born. That just sk- basically skips all the payoffs and and misses all the developmental parts, which a lot of people like that movie. I felt like it. I probably would have liked a five hour version of it that actually, you know, built to all these moments. And this is like that. It's just, it was all the payoff moments, but trying to juggle like five different plots with just. I don't know. The, I think. Harris, I think your take on that is a little bit shallow. <laughs> wow, got a couple of laughs on that one, Colin. Congratulations. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that's a win for you. That's a huge win. Just the joy in Colin's face as he says that to yeah. you. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, yeah. But I mean, Harris, you brought up a pretty some a good point there where you're talking about those five plot lines is like this theme of I guess it's colonialism, like I hadn't thought about the Cheche thing as like rehabilitating the guy in the cave, but you're you're absolutely right. That is kind of what's happening. They're socializing him, and also the British antagonizing all the tribal people. I mean, it's so much. I mean, if you don't actually make that a a true theme and pay it off and make commentary on it, then it's so problematic to just throw those into your story yeah. without comments. And I I almost I, think like because of who Paul Schrader is and because he is kind of a big picture thinker and like a deep themes guy. And I feel like when he succeeds or when he's, when his scripts succeed, those it's, everything is a little more condensed and focused and there's not so you're not juggling multiple plot lines. You're just like, OK, here's Travis Bickle and what's he doing? And, you know, like when he's when he's got a more focused idea, those themes come through really clearly. And in this, I think it's just he probably had a lot of big ideas and he, it was probably super ambitious. And maybe he didn't get to shoot it all. Maybe it, maybe he didn't get to edit it all into this version. But I feel like I don't I'm I am not hopeful that there was a good movie in there somewhere. But I do think like if he had had a chance to flesh these things out a little better, they wouldn't, they would have made more sense. Cause it felt like there was just loose ends everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about uh, speaking of screenwriters and, and the writing and stuff. Uh, I feel like we never mentioned in the last podcast, but both of these movies are written by uh, this guy, William Wisher. Do you guys know what, what else he's written? Tell me more. He wrote Terminator one and two and Ooh. judge dread. Okay. <laughs> the one with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, that's nice. a mixed bag. Yeah. Wait, wait. C- Cameron didn't get writing credits on. He Terminator co-wrote it with this two? guy, William Wisher. Okay. Yeah, and I think he's yeah. actually. I think this guy was hired to write one of the Avatar sequels that's coming out too. You know, I'm going to hypothesize without knowing anything that maybe, um, maybe James Cameron is was sort of the um, driving force behind. Terminator 1 and 2 being <laughs> great. I, I think you're on to something. Me just throwing it out there. I don't know William Wisher. I, I don't w- wish him any ill will. Um, but uh, at the same time, it does seem like if you're just going by track record <laughs> here, we've got a couple of hits and a lot of misses there. It's just like the thought that occurs to me is like, so between this movie and the previous one, there's a lot of plot elements going on like we talked about. And I thought the stuff in the previous movie was a little bit cooler between the tribe and the and – the, uh, the English uh, soldiers and stuff like, and then the history of the demon, they don't really get into that in this. They, 
they choose not to address put that it's Pazuzu or whatever, but like this is the spot where uh, Lucifer fell. They they sort of imply that here, but they don't like outright say it like they did in the last one. And the whole like history that they like the you know we said it was a History Channel uh, movie. <laughs> um, I like all that <laughs> stuff, and, and you know the lore that they created is cool. But the thought that I keep having is like, okay, you're hired to make a sequel or a prequel to The Exorcist, which is like one of the most famous m- movies, let alone horror movies of all time. And this is the story that you come up with. It just it's like so so detached from it. You know, it's just. Both of these movies, it's it, even genre-wise, neither of them are yeah. really horror right, movies. Right, exactly. You know? Like they're like yeah. very, very light horror elements. Yeah, I just don't yeah, get agree. The thought and exorcism elements. And they had I, some interesting set pieces that they could have really played up, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like, okay, they've uncovered this church that looks like a regular kind of Christian sort of church, except there's these weird statues in the middle keeping something sort of down there yeah and then you open that bit up which again they open up like a, the coffin thing or whatever and you're like oh brilliant this is not going to end terribly or <laughs> right. right but it doesn't actually go that bad it's just some tunnels underneath and some very well lit tunnels underneath statues. very yeah. well lit brightly lit yeah. tunnels that this whole don't aren't really at well all. lit you know yeah, yeah it's yeah there's you're, a lot of light in this movie if you're gonna yeah. create a church that's there to house evil and to keep evil from escaping then that should be the abyss, you know, like that should be like yeah. the, the dark place that you don't want to go. And there is nothing scary about the basement of the church. It is literally just a cave with kind of a funky blue statue in it and yeah. and, a, and, and a lot of and overhead weird. lighting, like really yeah, good recessed like, overhead cans that I think are probably on yeah. a dimmer, you know, but <laughs> they're, they're totally, totally yeah. dimmable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, have they built, I was kind of thrown because I'm like, okay, did they just... Is there actually something dangerous down there or did they just build a church on top of like the demon church as some kind of like fuck you because right. they don't like these tribal people? You know, like I couldn't yeah. really tell. Yeah. I mean, it's I all have like a big bad, question. I mean, for a, for a finished basement, it's kind of nice, actually. So <laughs> I, not I getting horror. Throw a couple big... lazy boys down there and you got a nice yeah, exactly. uh, entertainment yeah. room. Yeah. Man yeah. It's cave. a man cave. Man cave. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jinx, we all said man cave at the same time. Uh, I have a big question about this, though. I, I feel like it goes right along with what we were talking about, the writing and this whole church being kind of confusing in a way. Uh, at the point where uh, Chachi decides that he... I just want to keep calling him Chachi, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, at continue the point to where laugh Chachi, at your own joke, too, because that's, that's always <laughs> yeah, a good way to sort of punctuate <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, at, at the point where Chachi decides that he is choosing to be baptized... Uh, why would they do it in that church? Like, yeah, technically it's a church, but it's also like an archaeological dig in progress and yeah, probably haunted. The mouth of and hell. Also, yeah. not yeah. a church. Like, right. and they know. Yeah, yeah not he a church. Knows all of this. Not stuff. a church would be like pretty much one of the biggest things because they say right away they're like churches are for worship. This isn't a church. And it's like okay, yeah. so maybe don't baptize. And the them. priest is like, oh, that's the perfect place. Right. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. That no, that's a that's a red flag that this is a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And also, when they open that casket, they cut to Cheche or. Uh, and he somehow feels it. So, mm-hmm. like, what is that? It's He's a, hooked up. Is he yeah. already possessed? Oh, yeah. You know, why is this yeah. guy intrinsically linked to the pagan god church already? Yeah, that's another... Yeah, I mean, that's another question they don't really explore is that, like, clearly this was part of... This was, like... I, I mean, I guess... 
I guess we don't know why he was. Was it already there in him, or or did the demon come into him because he was somehow susceptible? You know, he had a you yeah. know whatever his pre-existing conditions. I, I mean, the second, um, but like <laughs> the second he comes out with that wonky leg, I knew something was up with him. I knew he had a demon inside that leg. <laughs> That's I mean, well, I'm do... just gonna say that that in 2020 is very inappropriate representation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, especially when like bodied, it does not mean you are possessed by a demon. <laughs> well, especially when like That's the right. tribes people are all assuming that he's possessed by a demon because he's like you know. Well, that's got, what I was gonna say. Problems is, is that like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the only real explanation for these questions we have is one line of dialogue where the tribesmen are like, oh, he's cursed. And that's it. Right, that's exactly. It, yeah. And, we're, and yeah. we're supposed to know better that he's not cursed. But at the same time, what is the movie saying when it turns out he actually is cursed, you know? Yeah. yeah. And what is the difference between cursed and possessed? Uh, is it semantics? What I mean, and just on. like physically other like differently abled, you know, like <laughs> like it doesn't really make that distinction between, um, hey, is this guy, you know, with his you know fucked up face and leg and arm and everything, he's basically that's that's the the call sign of oh shit, stay away from that yeah. dude. We definitely shouldn't have fed him water and tried to fix his leg, you know. Weirdly, the more we talk about it, the more I think the underwear is the, the wrong choice. Like, maybe him showing his balls and butthole is the scariest thing we can see at that point. Uh, and really actually takes the Depends movie Depends on the to balls and butthole, really. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If it's properly <laughs> shorn, okay. it wouldn't be as scary, I, I, probably. I couldn't judge without seeing. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't need it fully shorn, but tastefully trimmed. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, what, what if you put some makeup on it to make it lo- look more demonic? <laughs> I don't know like his pubes means. are in the shape of like devil horns or something. <laughs> right. or got, well, like, we little... know what Colin's Halloween costume is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a Van Dyke. It's got like the little mustache on top and the and the little goatee down at the bottom. Um, well, this is disgusting. I can't believe anyone would do this that we're talking about <laughs> harris you're so gross why do you do this stuff all right i'll change the subject um i have a question just from a a, a like a narrative filmmaking perspective question um what is a film <laughs> <laughs> so there's so there's a point more than an hour into this like probably an hour and a half into this movie like where where it seems like we should be getting to the climax or the conclude like we should be getting to like the third act and it's where we learn that Chachi is possessed and they go to baptize him and he knocks the priest across the room and the priest goes, oh, I've got to get my other book because I only bring the one. Um, unprepared. Yeah, unprepared. And and Chachi has gone full Dragon Ball Z. He's like fl- floating and he's bald. And, um, and then they just, like Father Marin wants to get into the place, but the rocks have fallen in front of it. And the and the the sergeant yeah. major comes and says, no, "I'm not doing anything until morning," and then they just cut to the next morning. Like you have like three parallel plot lines: the possess the, the possession, the church being blocked with people trapped inside, and the soldiers preparing for battle. And they're all like reaching their peak, and it's about to explode, and shit's about to go down. And then it's like, let's just pause everything, get a good night's sleep, 
and we'll pick up in the morning. Um, and then we're not we're not I even going to use that this, woman. We're not even going to use this time overnight to like forward any of these plots or develop characters in any significant way. We're not going to have that moment of peace no. where they talk about their lives and you know somebody makes a revelation. Nope. We're just going to cut to sunrise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's so it's such a weird choice. And it feels so. You think so... they would have saved that in the edit? Like that's it is a weird choice, right? Yeah, because you're cutting to an interior yeah. anyway. I mean, exactly. I, it just makes no sense to me. It was such a strange decision. I feel bad for that woman, like her character and the actress. Like basically, they just like threw away her character arc, and they made her character make way less sense. Yes, and it's just like yeah. They and yet they give us like they... five identical white dudes. Sorry, y'all, but like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. with all these like different cool backstories and feelings and stuff. Right. And, and then they're we... like, let's not talk about like whether or not we care about her. Let's just put a rock in the way. Yeah. <laughs> we also, we all, yeah. And like even Father Marin is like, well, if you're not going to help me move that rock, I guess I might as well have a drink and go to bed. Um, <laughs> it, it's such a, yeah. But also like we're, we're led to believe that the, the tribe is having their tribal war chant and the and the soldiers are all gearing up and and you know yelling and shaking their rifles and it's like this this battle is imminent, and then like oh. they all just sort of nah we're gonna wait a few hours it's no it's not I mean yeah we're gonna fight but like not now <laughs> you know not like now. sometime guys but, I yeah. just opened a bottle hello yeah did <laughs> anybody else did anybody else want to watch a steamed hams video steamed hams. Steam Sam, you know Steam Tam? From the Simpsons? Aurora Borealis at this time of year. <laughs> yeah, Aurora Borealis. Localized yes, exactly. in your kitchen. Can I see it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm from I'm from Utica and I've never heard of steamed hams. <laughs> oh, it's no, it's not a Utica expression, no. <laughs> it's more of an Albany. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right, that was a nice Simpsons tangent. Um, apologies they, to those of you who do, do not know what the fuck we're talking about. When but they put up that ridiculous Aurora Borealis. The, yeah, the reference is that sense. during this montage yeah. That we're critiquing. There is such a bad phony aurora borealis going on in the background. Couple of shots of it actually. They they love it in this movie. Different colors too. Like all like there's the green one for the tribes people yeah, yeah. and the pink one for the oh and there's also like a shot of like um oh this, I don't think this is in this montage. I think it's in a different montage. It's in the later montage when shit's really going wrong. Push it where to we the have limit. a shot of a. <laughs> that montage. <laughs> not, not that montage. No, that's not this movie. You're right. It's the it's the one at the very end. She's um, on fire. Where there, <laughs> <laughs> also, a very good montage. Um, but uh, it's the montage where they where Father Marin is like exercising the demon, and they're cutting to like the woman's about to kill her herself, and um, and uh, Chuma is like seizing, and uh, the the battle is actually starting to go down, and people are firing shots and shit, and then they cut to a guy beating his wife. Oh yeah, what oh, was that? Yeah. Where did that who come was from? That lady? What the fuck? I didn't did, know the did lady. Did we save her? Is who she is okay? that guy? Yeah, and what <laughs> happened? Yeah, exactly. What happened? It, it, that was so wait. weird. That was so was, weird. Was that in the tribes people? No, it was a black guy, but he wasn't a he was wearing like normal clothes. He was wearing like um like western clothes. But he wasn't the father of the Joseph. No, he, no. He, I actually rewound it because that's what I thought. I thought, oh, maybe it was just him and I didn't recognize him. I rewound it. It's not that guy. It's a character it's that we've not... literally never seen before. Yeah. Really? I didn't Beating a woman nonsense. who we have literally yeah, never seen it. before. It's just one yeah, shot yeah, of a yeah. man slapping a woman in this moment where we know like, all the other characters involved. I mean, bad. 
I mean, it's always bad, but like, especially in this. Oh, one, yeah. It no, feels it's very it narrative, brutal. You know, yeah. like you're like, they're like, uh, I don't know. This montage isn't good enough. Like... We need one more like shocking <laughs> example. <laughs> yeah, of violence. exactly. Uh, go, well, go hit. Well, that yeah. What was the one? <laughs> what, what was that shot we had from the Peter Gabriel video? <laughs> oh, the one with the guy beating his wife. <laughs> yeah, we, we decided not to use it for that. Yes. Throw it in here. Yeah, no, it's totally bizarre and unresolved. Like so many things. When does that scene that happen at the end? It's it's where um it's when Father Marin is actually fighting the demon at the end. Oh, okay. When he's when he's yeah, reciting his prayer. F- when I say fighting the demon, Talking I mean this is really demon. this is really the problem with almost all these exorcist movies is that like the way to beat the devil is usually prayer, but prayer is not an active thing. It's like if at the end of Die Hard, John McClane just kept on calling the FBI over and over again until they came <laughs> and arrested Hans Gruber. It might make sense in the context of the world, but it would be a very unsatisfying ending to the movie. And that's Fair. what... And that's Although what, like, in The Exorcist in the 70s, they really make it work. Well, no, they yeah, make like, it work because he actually throws himself out the window and like he outsmarts a demon by killing himself. True. You know? But so even in like, you know, the bed shaking, even in the buildup to it. Right. Like yeah, yeah. holding the thing, the crucifix. Like, well, they make you it can, a... You can make it work. The prayer the is the challenge. Can you keep praying? You. And that's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Father Marin's get, face gets kind of fucked up by the pincher bugs or whatever. But it's like in that original Exorcist, it's like, can you keep on praying? And then when Father Marin dies, can you... can the other can the young priest keep on praying yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when he realizes that he can't beat this through prayer he says take me and then throws himself out the window which is all very active like he's doing stuff and yeah, even then i true. even then i don't know how satisfying like for me that was not as satisfying an ending as i think for a lot of other people but like for so many of these movies the solution is for them to just pray at him over over and this happened to beginnings too it was like he just kept on praying until the praying worked until god saved him right but it's like and in the in the end of this it makes the blocking so awkward when he's like swinging around his necklace like with his hand it's like it's like yeah. you know he's trying to make it look active and it's but he's and, not and the, really doing anything and the demon's still. reacting like he's getting splashed <laughs> with holy water and I'm like you're just you're just whipping air jesus at him and I'm not yeah, where sure was how the this... holy water yeah seriously I'd like to see some more holy water yeah. in this one I didn't get it I didn't get it did not get that and I think it would make a big splash Oh, God. I'm getting wet just hearing you talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Too too full of maggots, are you? Dry as a bone over here. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. <laughs> oh man, do they make yeah, his and I mean, head longer too when he goes into like uh, Dragon Ball Z yeah. mode? He's turning yes, into yeah, a, that's another the alien. That, that was another Dragon Ball Z <laughs> thing yeah. where I was like, wait, is this before or after Dragon Ball Z? I, are they stealing from it or is it stealing from them? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they definitely should have had a freeze frame where the background just like whooshes behind. <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> um, yeah, and th- and there's also that thing that we mentioned before, but like there's that moment where like. Father Marin goes back down to confront the demon after the other priest has been shot with arrows. And it's like, there's like a weird, like St. Sebastian reference where he gets shot with arrows and he's hung up there. Oh yeah. And and it's like, what is that saying? I I just didn't, I didn't get it. But, um, but the priest survives getting shot with several arrows. And then Father Marin goes back to fight the demon and realizes that You guys didn't get a Judge Reinhold vibe from this guy? Totally. I got that. From Father Francis? I, I was, I, yeah, I couldn't right, stop thinking about, like, what if Judge Reinhold and Colin Hanks were able to have a kid, and it was, like, you know, like, pretty skinny. It was, we, we sh- it was really We should skinny. mention the, act- the actor's name is Gabriel Mann. I know him only from The Born Identity, where he plays Danny Zorn, who gets killed by 
uh, Brian Cox to cover up his involvement in Treadstone. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good franchise, I'll save that by for, the way. I'll, I'll save that for our Born Identity franchise. Yep. Um, but uh, he's he's good as Danny Zorn, and he's actually really good in this, I thought. Like, at first I wasn't so sure, and by the end of this, he won me over. I was like, this dude's a pretty good actor. Why have I only seen him in two things? And I looked up everything else he's done, and he's like, he works really, really steadily, but, like, he hasn't really... Like he doesn't have the he's got a weird kind of you know skinny face where you can tell he's like he's not leading man material but he's a solid actor that I think would you know could hold his own and stuff so I was kind of baffled by his career arc. Yeah, I thought he was good too. I think he had some weird delivery sometimes. He kind of like talks like this all the time, you know. And I don't know if that was working entirely (laughs) for the character for me. I didn't like the sound in the movie altogether, and maybe it was because there was like other noises going on. But I had a hard time. I did not use subtitles, which I usually use, and I had a hard time distinguishing what they were saying sometimes. I don't yeah, know I had to turn the subtitles on for was, that reason. I think there was a sound problem as well because it's like it's just not scary, right. you know. Oh like, yeah, I no, scare no. pretty easily actually, but this movie, at no moment was I ever scared, and I think some of that is is the sound. Yeah, there's no it was tension. briefly gross, but never scary. Oh, and there's, I mean, there's just no, that's sort of what I was saying about when Father Marin goes down to confront the demon and then he realizes, oh no, it's a demon. I better run away and get my priest outfit on. And it's like, yeah. like, and then he even lets him go. It's, it's like, you know, what is that? It's constantly like, yeah. instead of maintaining tension or raising tension, it's constantly like, ah, there's no urgency here. You know, exercise the demon whenever suits you best. Don't yeah, worry about I, it. I you. remember, Harris, I remember that exact moment that you're talking about the shot i believe the shot is sort of from maybe demon pov and he just kind of like walks out walks up the sort of plank thing Jogs to exit the stairs, into the actual yeah. church and <laughs> yeah. so you're not even like with him like kind of scared are you getting followed like the, the dude literally just walks out and, like, that's and we it. stay on the demon reclining like he's burt reynolds in that famous playgirl <laughs> fold out like just like doing his sexy face you know it's such so, yeah no this is <laughs> You're again making the case for no undies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that case has been made pretty, pretty strongly. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's entirely possible the sound design and music and everything else suffered heavily from the way this was released. Yes, it's very yeah, probable that nobody yeah. really gave this any TLC in the in the post production sound department. But it's also a testament to how much we. I don't think realize how important sound is in some of these things especially horror especially i think it's in horror, one of the most yeah. critical ones man. yeah 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 i heard that um i just got to the scene where he finds <laughs> father francis with the arrows in him and yeah it's weird i thought maybe i missed something but yeah you don't see him get hit with arrows he just has them in him and then uh i also wanted to and he's wearing he's wearing some hot shorts like these are like even shorter than the they're shorter and tighter than the ones the army guys wear yeah. This is Father Francis's big moment. This is his, this is his like centerfold moment. I just wanted to remark on how well lit he was. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There is like, like a clear uh, spotlight on him in broad daylight. Oh yeah. It's funny because we're at the same point in the movie right now, and um and uh, yeah, there's very clearly like at least a I think a gold foil bounce board gold at the foil. very least. Yeah. Totally shooting but at a him. Big right one. Now. A yeah, big, big one. time. Because that's a wide shot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, well, and very phony looking. Very Jesus like. Very phony you know? looking little rubber arrows on him. But this yes. is definitely his beefcake moment. <laughs> oh, I can actually yeah, see the um, I can see the wrinkles in the prosthetic where they they taped the arrow thing to his chest. That was all one piece, I guess. And then we get a cut to the hyenas, which honestly, the close ups of the hyenas look pretty good for me. I'm I'm cuddly like. 
Very uh, yeah, cuddly. Yeah, very cuddly. Yeah. It's definitely, it's it's so funny because it's like... I want the, one. <laughs> yeah. I want it. It's definitely, who's the third hyena that doesn't talk in Lion King? Not Whoopi Goldberg and not Cheech Marin, but that third guy. I don't know. I, I don't know no who the actor they is. Don't talk, <laughs> if they don't talk, why, why do they need an actor? It's I, I think he makes, he makes noises. Yeah. Oh, okay. Come on. He noises. just laughs, right? That, it's, they couldn't afford Whoopi Goldberg or Cheech Marin, so they got that guy. And he plays all the hyenas <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Great job, because I loved those hy- those close-ups mm. of the hyenas. Yeah, I, I, you know, I will say, when they first come on the screen in the beginning, the hyenas, I, I did not think. I was like, "What is that? It's like alien dog." <laughs> yeah, like it, 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 it took me literally maybe twenty mm-hmm. seconds. Like, oh, it's a weird hyena, and then I thought, like, is that what hyenas look like? <laughs> Am I just too used to the cartoon ones, and I'm thrown? Or is this amazing CGI or terrible? <laughs> like, no, it's. It's bad. Yeah. Well, I, I, so I'm going to be, I think, in the minority opinion here of the people who have watched both movies and say that I think these hyenas were better only because they, let's, let's just admit both hyenas were fucking terrible, but the ones in the other ones, as Colin pointed out, the ones in beginnings were like gray blobs that moved unnaturally quickly and like, they look like just, pigs. Yeah, and they looked like pigs, mm. and they juddered all over the screen. These ones look like hyenas. They don't move normally, but they move at like a normal speed for an animal. I thought like even in that first scene, which is by far the worst one, where they confront Father Marin, where they just come lumbering the, out like from behind. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the biggest problem of that is is not. I mean, they don't move normally, but that's like kind of forgivable. It's that they're not lit. Right. They don't the lighting doesn't match the shadows don't match the lighting of the environment they're interacting with, which is the real problem, which yeah. is probably an easy fix, you know. Like I, I think there's very few shadows in this film at all as we've Right, and the and the hyenas have it. a weird kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all very brightly lit. But like yeah, that it's that doesn't work, but in the close ups and in a lot of the, the fleeting glances of the hyenas, I think they worked better just because we didn't see as much of them and they weren't moving as much and they definitely weren't like pig like gray blobs but um, like why are they even in the movie though mm-hmm, like uh, what do they actually what separate function question do they serve that yeah separate, yeah. separate like, question that i cannot expensive. answer at least yeah. in they're yeah. in the movie I, a in, lot yeah. and you're like in actually just the beginning they actually kill someone and like they're sort of they're like the tools of the devil yes in this okay. one not so much in this one they're uh, like the yeah. victims of a cow massacre yeah and and then at the end i guess pazuzu jumps into the uh yeah because we see the hyena with the red eyes but like that would make a lot more sense if they had set them up as like they're the the you know the devil's helpers but they're just kind of around in this one and sometimes and 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 as we all already know the locusts are the devil's helpers yeah Yeah. well in this one it's the pincher bugs that, and the cows, sure. apparently. This is know. kind of what I mean by, like, it feels like there's information in both of these movies that is helpful as a whole, but, like, had, you know, like, the uh, hyena information from the first one should have been in this, and it would, like, be a better payoff when he jumps into one at the end, you know? But, like, we didn't get that. Yeah. Like, and that's the person here who didn't see both movies? You don't get it. Yes. Right. I'm just going to tell you, you don't get it. Hey, when you watch both movies, you barely get it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it it would be an interesting experiment if you were like some, you know, rich celebrity who had a lot of free time on your hand, like a Topher Grace type. To like cut them. 
to take beginnings and Dominion and like cut them together into one movie that made some fucking sense and isn't oh terrible. Oh my god! Like that's like, a good that's a good assignment for like USC's advanced editing. Totally. Class. You hear me, Topher? Let's do it. Man. You, are you there, Topher? Are you out there? <laughs> let's let's see it. I want to see um, what. Wait, what's the portmanteau of be, Beginion? Beginion. <laughs> beginion. Exorcist Beginion. Exorcist I want to see Exorcist Beginion, Topher Grace. Beginion sounds to me like in a post-apocalyptic world, what Binnigan's becomes. Like they, they somehow survive as a restaurant chain, but like people didn't know they were called Binnigan's anymore. It's like we need to go to Beginion to get the holy tater tot. The only salvation is Beginion. <laughs> yeah, the only Do they still have an all-you-can-eat buffet? <laughs> <laughs> the freezer's on a generator. It's solar-powered. The solar-powered Beginion generator. The last book is this manual for the Beginions a, The last oven. book is the Beginion menu. Yeah. <laughs> they have happy hour every Thursday. Happy for a whole hour. Can you believe it? <laughs> the the, the Binnigan's menu becomes the Bible. Everyone's like talking about how cheesy they are rather than holy. <laughs> I'm beginning to think that we should head over to Beginions. <laughs> um, I am just going to reiterate, I'm at to the, the scene where he has pure white nipples. Like someone someone painted... <laughs> they're, sh- they're the shiniest part of the scene. Someone painted his nipples. Like not the areola part, but like the, the just the tip, just the nipply part of the nipple. What, no, what is the message there? What does that have to do with the demon? They've sparkled the areola part, though. I mean, these are definitely stripper nipples. These are... <laughs> Stripples. I can smell the coconut butter just looking at his nipples <laughs> but what does it mean like why I have no idea i don't know he's he is in fact totally covered in body glitter i'm watching the same scene he is definitely completely covered in body there's glitter some, there's some there's some highlighter on the uh the bald cap for sure oh yeah very shiny looking good yep looking nice yep. and a little there's those weird like they make him perfect to the point where even his nipples are like blended into his flesh with body glitter, but yet they have little weird scars on his head. What is that all about? Like, like it's like his head is becoming a um, an alien's egg. Well, I feel like they're just hiding some bald cap stuff on for the scars. Possibly. But I could be wrong, but it is weird how he gets like so much hotter, and you're like, wow, okay. And then, you know, there's the grotesque face eating stuff at the end. Yeah. On Father it, it like doesn't fit. It's almost like non sequitur or something that he's like, like this, you know, it's like, it's I mean, like I respect the choice. Like I respect it as like a different choice, but, but I needed more payoff from it of like, why, why? And it doesn't go with the ex- first exorcist movie at all. Cause she gets mm-hmm. totally gnarly when she's possessed by the right. demon. Yeah. And and uh, a lot of people when they're possessed, we've seen like mutilate themselves. That's that's yeah. antithetical to this. Yeah, it's a weird choice. Yeah, I mean the lack of eyebrows, I think, is definitely hurting his hotness. Though yeah. I feel like he would be, you know, yeah. at least ten percent hotter with eyebrows. <laughs> fair. fair. I mean, and, you know, the, he gets fair. hair at the end. The body glitter and I'm and I assume the cocoa butter smell offsets the lack of eyebrows. So I guess it's a wash, but still. <laughs> Wait, I think I see the guy who slaps his wife. It's this guy. He's wearing like a blue or gray button-down shirt. Harris. Yes. Are you, yeah. Yep. Are you at this part? Uh, yeah, we're we're at about the same place. Yes. It's definitely that guy. He's like wearing. He's wearing like a normal normal outfit, you know. And he just slaps his wife, and then we never see or hear from him again. I mean, this is like, this is this is. I guess my biggest problem with this movie is we have all this buildup, and then we have kind of unsatisfying payoff of like Father Marin's gonna pray the demon away. 
and then we have like I guess Rachel decides not to kill herself, but we don't find out what happened to Chuma and his seizures. And the British and the natives had started going to war. And then we just cut to the morning and the natives are like, you know, cleaning up and the British are like, cool. And they're going to leave and not talk about it. And, and we don't find out what happens to the wife beater. And we, and I guess there's no battle. And I guess father Francis died off screen and we don't know what happened to fucking Chuma. Like, and I guess the Sergeant major is a good guy now. Cause he's like, not going to tell anybody about what happened. It's just such what's like. He's acting pretty chill. <laughs> but is Chuma the guy who has the seizure in the very beginning? No, no, no. Oh, who is that guy? Because they just st- let him seize oh, yeah. and they stand over him for like. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, this is normal. He's, it's heat stroke. This happens all the time. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so weird. Yeah, and right after that, they're like, we need to work them harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they quickly rush him off like, in the other okay, movie. Okay, it's this kind of movie. I feel like what's yeah, gonna they, happen they is like ten years are gonna go by, and we're gonna like fondly think back on, on the combination of these two <laughs> movies as one, and be like, yeah, that movie like covered everything it needed to. And then one day we're gonna watch <laughs> one of these and be like, oh no, wait, there's only half information in each movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot. This is terrible. <laughs> right. Uh, why <laughs> am I watching this again? <laughs> uh, I feel like the snowy part was way more scary in the first. Uh, well, yeah, really? I mean, I have no, to no. commend this movie. I'm, for, I'm team this version. I have to commend this movie for not having yeah. as much child murder as the previous one. Yeah. But having said <laughs> yeah. that, the child murder is much sicker and scarier than what we see in this movie. I, uh, uh, you know, I don't really. I do love these like weird outfits. They're when they're drinking the blood, the tribal people, and they've got all these crazy things yeah, i mean like the ghost the ghost yeah paint, like the white yeah. stuff i mean yeah. they're they look completely ridiculous and cliche but they're pretty dope looking um i uh no i think the uh the the whole nazi sequence in the first one though is kind of like cartoonish and ridiculous and we don't even really know what happened and it's kind of like we don't get the full story and this one we kind of see like the moral yeah. predicament that father we, we I, get more inside right. of the moral predicament father Marin's in which i which to me is more horrifying than just oh he shoots a little girl for no reason which is horrifying but but it's not horrifying for I mean it's horrifying for Father Marin to see, but it's not horrifying for Father Marin to participate in, which is this one is like you sort of get why his faith is shaken a little more. Yeah, I I think I totally agree with all that. I was bothered by the lack of shadows, uh, uh, as the movie has like very few shadows. I think this scene should have been shadowy. They're in the snow in Holland, you know, and um, also I didn't the the main Nazi actor guy. I he wasn't, wasn't scary. I wasn't totally impressed with him. Right. No. Yeah. And I also, when Father Marin grabs the gun and threatens to shoot his hat if he doesn't back down, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. Father Marin, point the thing at his head. Come on. You know? Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah. What have we learned? Has this movie taught us anything? Has this series taught us anything? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I want a hyena pet. <laughs> <laughs> I want a. I want a computer generated hyena pet though, because they seem cuddlier. <laughs> um, no, the um, um, the the practical ones were the the cuddlier lo- looking ones. Oh yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they reminded me of like Gizmo from Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, I just watched that on Halloween. Oh, that's a good franchise. Which was um, long ago. <laughs> yeah. I learned that I will start wearing underwear under my loincloths necessary mm. it's a good policy so, it's right. a good policy yeah. right. i'm going to wear yeah, the t- leopard t- print t- underwear t- under my <laughs> loincloths because <laughs> um, i like to like sass it up a little bit but you know that's like for your eyes only you know that's like for special people not, not for whose eyes only who for- are you looking at <laughs> <Ellen>? <laughs> you know I, I i'm gonna go 
I'm going to go with the, the loincloth without the cloth. It's just a belt. <laughs> Nothing else. I learned uh, to spice things up. I'm going to paint my nipples white going forward. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a funny story. When I was like a little kid, like probably like like five, six years old or something like that, I used to take like a belt and like go in the bathroom and find like the washcloth and like make it into a loincloth because I wanted to pretend to be like He-Man. <laughs> Adorable and charming. Tiny collar. Oh, a little bit yep. terrifying. Yeah, and it explains so, so much. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have one last thing to say about the very last shot of this movie. Okay, go. Where Father Marin walks out the door. In the fog. Into the, the haze sandstorm. of some kind of sandstorm or something. There's something about that last shot. I, 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 I watched it twice, and neither, neither time I can't watch it without kind of hearing, like literally hearing in my head, a bunch of loud wind and fog machines mm. and a director know, or an AD like frantically yelling out instructions. More! More! Yeah. Yeah, more fog! Oh, make it more even! No, no, keep yeah. walking. You're almost clear. Okay, good. Now now get behind. Okay, good. Great. More fog now. Yes. <laughs> I just saw a great shot. Um, There's a shot in the in the cave when Father Marin uh, is like walking around and he's in like the full uh, priest garb at this point. And then all of a sudden behind him, he's like clearly on like a dolly. Um, Cheche like rolls by behind yeah, him and yeah, like, turns around the and there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now you're about to get to the awful shot where it's got the demon face superimposed yeah, over his like really crudely bad. superimposed over his face, which I was like, wait, like they probably shot that and they couldn't have done it better than I, like they shot it intentionally for that and they couldn't have done it better than that. Oh, and what's with the lions and all these montages? Like the Aurora oh, Borealis yeah. montages at the end. All of a sudden we oh, get, yeah. it's been hyenas, all, all movie. Hyenas, 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 sometimes cows. And now all of a sudden we get lions. And what are the lions doing? Like one of the time the lion's eating and the other time the lion's not eating? I, yeah. Nonsense. No Absolute nonsense. No Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, in this part of the country. <laughs> this located directly entirely into your kitchen. Your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, localized entirely in your kitchen. Yes. Can I see can, it? Can I see it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Are we ready to give this? What, where is our time at right now? Are we ready to Timothy Dolphin this? Uh, I think so. I uh, think we are. Do we have anything I, else I important won't. to say about it? I don't know. Yeah, Jeannie, do you have any more notes? Detailed, detailed notes about this film? I think I've I've said everything <laughs> I need to say. <laughs> From the beginning to the end, we've covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning. All right. Who, Observe the right, holy menu. Who wants to go I, first? I, <laughs> <laughs> I will go first. I'll go first. Um, this is my Timothy Dolphin rating for this. I'll just reiterate what I said before. I, this is, <laughs> I'm sorry. He just, I just saw the part where he looks at the guy with the demon face. It's so bad. It's just the special <laughs> effects are so bad. Oh boy. Um, uh, uh, although I have yes. to interrupt, that's, uh, I definitely don't think they planned that shot. I think they were looking for a shot where they could just like quickly add a demon face to like to make. And it. then they should have definitely not done that. Yeah. I mean, really, just a random flash frame of the demon face would have been better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I gave beginnings a five. I gave it five Timothy Dolphins, and this is I just don't understand no, why you, didn't. you they gave it a four. I I did according oh, okay. to my thing. I'll take. I'll take oh, your no. word for Clerical it. Clerical errors. I'll take what your word for hell? it. What the hell? Good. I might have made a judgment call on that one. We can't be doing this here on License to Watch. We need to have our <laughs> shit together. Guys, I all got right. it all Well, documented. if I gave it a four, 
I'm going to take your word for it. And, and it, I gave it a four, and I stand by that decision. It was a very smart call by me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and I would say that this is not better, but also when I watch this, it's not really that much worse. I am still baffled by the idea that somebody looked at this and they said, no, this isn't good enough for us. Reshoot almost the entire thing and make it like 2% better. You know, which is fucking bizarre to me. And I do think the other one is more entertaining. And they they both just fall apart on, like, the logic level. And so I'm going to give this a four also. But it's, like, a four with the caveat that it's a slightly smaller four than the four that I gave beginnings. Four Timothy Dolphins. Excellent. Uh, I guess I'll go. So, yeah, I, I also did not like this movie as much as the previous one. And I gave the, the Exorcist the beginning a five. Um, it was, you know, totally middle of the road for me. And um, just basing it on my other scores, uh, I don't like this movie more than I liked Exorcist 2, which I gave uh, a four. And I gave Exorcist 3 a two. So I feel like I have to give this one a three. Um, just because it's, it sucks, man. It's just like boring. I think that's its biggest detriment is that it's boring. I found myself like losing interest towards the end. Um, oh yeah. I see the guy beating his wife and it's not that guy. It's a totally different guy. Like who the hell was that guy? No one knows. Unknown. That's crazy. Um, yeah. The lion wrangler apparently. (laughs) Right. I, I mean like when you get right down to it, this movie was just like, not as entertaining as as the beginning at least the beginning had like extreme violence and like there was it built up to an action sequence with the the kind of the battle at the end um, it had a couple of suspenseful sequences in it yes I guess. the twist of the who the possessed was was good um you know i think this movie just you know i and i'm putting aside that it got treated poorly and like they obviously didn't have the money for you know the effects and the music and stuff. Putting that all aside, I still think this movie pales in comparison to the other one. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about this. I give it uh, three Timothy Dolphins. But it's still better than Exorcist Three. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than three. I think so. Even with um... three was unbearable. Yeah, even with Samuel Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeannie, and Fabio, Jeannie, do you want to give this a shot? Let's hear what our guest has to yeah. say. So- okay, well, I have nothing to compare it to except for the original Exorcist, which of course I loved, although I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, and I have to say that when you first started rating them, I thought to myself, "What will I give this?" And I thought. <laughs> three and a half and then Harris said four and Matt said three and now I feel like it's such a cop-out but a three and a half you know it's a movie they made a movie guys that's hard to do three and a, they finished three a and a half what three and a half what um Tim- are there choices <laughs> it's it's a Timothy Dolphin scale um oh, okay yeah. it's a long story yes. it's I'm gonna give it three and a half Timothy Timothy Dolphin <laughs> great I 
That was a good. Uh, that was a good. Uh, you almost said Timony Dolphins. So. I know. <laughs> I know. You put, I don't know. We why. should do that. Cut that Timony part out Dolphin for me, Matt. We should do that if, if people you know keep we'll messing it up. It. Like we just keep changing the name of whatever it is. Timony Dolphins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like too many dolphins. <laughs> Timony Dolphins. Timony Dolphins. I feel like I gave this it reminds movie me too of, many uh, dolphins. <laughs> it reminds me of Jiminy Cricket because he's like Timony and Jiminy. Yeah, they could be brothers. Timony, Jiminy, Timony and Jiminy. Okay, Timony and Jiminy Dolphins could be Timothy Dolphins, uh, like Goon Squad. Colin, you're cutting into the time that we're giving you for your <laughs> Timothy Dolphin rating. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, so wait, yeah, I gotta just I mean, say that cat popped up on Harris's screen at the same time that the cute hyena just popped up on my movie. <laughs> so I didn't know which was scarier, guys. That cat was trying to drink my bourbon. Uh, yes. Um, anyway, so Matt said this was this movie was boring, and he may be right. And Harris earlier talked about all of the um, ways that it failed to build the tension, and he may be right. And um, it is confusing why the demon really wants to make this guy hot and like specifically in like uh, a sexy way that seems to be out of context with the story we've seen. Um, so yeah, basically this movie is not very good because I think what they wanted to do was really try to slowly build up tension, giving you like little like, micro scares on the way to like a big tense thrilling ending uh but they de-escalated too hard every time they you know tried to de-escalate you're rambling yeah it didn't work very good <laughs> well we get your do. score uh i don't know what else can i say the score you can tell us uh, your score <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's some interesting things I, I was I was uh, I did catch myself imagining uh, a pitch for a movie in which Colin Hanks and Judge Reinhold have a baby uh, somehow maybe some kind of sci-fi thing and uh, we could definitely get that guy from this movie and I think I think we've got a picture um, and so in conclusion I will be giving this three Timothy Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Too many dolphins. Wow. <laughs> nice. All right, guys, we did it. We did it. I think we accomplished a lot here today. Yeah, like so, like Timothy the dolphin. Timothy dolphin swims up to you, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh no, what am I gonna do?" And he's like, "Oh, wait, are you are you crossing me? Are you are you going against me?" And you're like, "Uh, maybe, yeah, I am." And he's like, "Timony, Jiminy, get him!" <laughs> and they're like, "Because that's how they swim, you know." What the fuck, man? Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> I mean, really? Like, there's like, there's it. a, there's a level of incoherence. <laughs> there's a level of incoherence that I think people can can hang with. And then there's sometimes it's just you're like on another planet. I don't even know what's going on here. Colin, don't let them, don't let them diminish your shine. We see Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well, try, I'm trying. Yikes. Well, Jeannie, <laughs> as uh, as the closing guest for our exorcist uh series you get to behold the announcement for what our next uh movie series we'll be covering is 
So behold oh the menu from Binnigan. <laughs> <laughs> Our sacred text. <laughs> Note the appetizers and happy hour menu. <laughs> and then Doug went into the walk-in fridge and he emerged with eight hams and 18 servings of jalapeno poppers. <laughs> And it and they ate for forty days and forty nights. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So coming up it, next It is my choice. It is Harris's <laughs> choice. That's right. Do you want to set it up? No, I'm too old for this. Okay. Shit. <laughs> oh <laughs> nice. yes. that's right. We'll be doing the classic American buddy cop film series, Lethal Weapon. Yes. All four, four glorious movies. films. Just getting worse and worse, whichever with everyone. Well, we don't know. And and still and still pretty good. Richard Donner directs all of them, I think, right? I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shane Black is the writer. I mean, this is where Mel Gibson. I mean, come on, we're gonna. We'll have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Join us. And for we've got that. some great guests lined up, and it's gonna be fun. None of them have gotten back to us yet, but we'll get it. Yeah, no, we'll no. Get it. <laughs> they always show up the day of. They're like, what was I, I supposed like to watch? I Glover a lot. Danny Glover, he's good. I loved him in Predator 2. Really liked him as the president in 2012. And um, other things. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> well, sure he's in other things. Good, good contribution. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. All right. Well, thanks to Jeannie Joe for joining us thanks. for oh, this. You know. Jeannie Joe, you got anything to plug? No, thank you so you much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. You, you don't have anything uh, going on that you want to talk about? Any uh, like films or well, things that people um, can check out I online? Some, yeah, I got like a little, if you like horror movies, uh, I have an older short film called tampoon a horror comedy about a killer tampon i won't ruin the ending for you uh, but that's viewable online um nice. this was a slower year for because of um covid and everything so a lot of my larger projects were set to go and obviously now are pushed until we vanquish coronavirus but um there's a short on amuleto that came out this year, Rachel from New York, I did a music video for Evie Oddly. She won Drag Race Season 11. A couple of small bits here and there. Awesome. Well, let's let's uh, put some links Thanks, to Jeannie guys. Joe's stuff on our Well, Jeannie, last thing, do you, are, are you on Twitter or like do you have anything, uh, any social media? <laughs> do you want people, do you want people bothering you on Twitter? And let me just tell you, <laughs> it's awesome. For you, me neither. not be. Uh, I have an Instagram that I don't really use, but might use again at some point. I don't know. Okay, that sounds that sounds like a no. I'm I'm a no too. Just don't. So you know. no communicating yeah. with Jeannie. Uh, yeah. Just, just, just scream Jeannie into alone. the ether, and maybe she'll hear. Everyone, you. just leave Jeannie alone. She's she's fine. <laughs> she's good. All right. Well, that's great. And uh, thanks thank again you for, for having for me. It's doing so fun to us. see you guys. And yeah, thank you. Sure. Maybe we'll get Thank you back you. one and, and day in the future. We'll definitely get you back when we <laughs> oh review God. Topher Grace's yes. <laughs> Beginning. <laughs> Beginning. <laughs> Beginning. All right. Well, we did it, guys. Exorcist is done, and uh, we'll have to summarize our scores in the next episode. So tune in for that. Uh, but for now, we're out of here.
good sign off. I like that you paused for a second, <laughs> like you were thinking of something good, and then you were like, "We're out of here." Well, there's nothing nice really job, good Miller. from this movie that we could <laughs> use to great. take us out. We are out of here. And he writes on his little paper and. I cast you out of the holy beginnings. <laughs> should we should we just like laugh like hyenas or something and that'll take us out? <laughs> no, I think I think Colin's beginning joke works. <laughs> Let's just do that. All right. He was expelled from the beginnings and could never return. His picture was put above the cash register and they said do not let this man do not accept checks from this man at beginnings. <laughs> We still have checks. I thought we were in the post. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't yes, know how. Course, we still I don't know checks. how currency works. <laughs> and neither do you. We don't even have paper checks now anymore, basically, <laughs> except for payroll. <laughs> uh. Alrighty. All right. That's enough. I'm gonna okay. stop recording yeah, now. We got. We got something that we can end this podcast with. We're done. <laughs> Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.